0: So this past weekend, um, my dad was like, I want to make a joke, but you'll think it's offensive. And I was like, what? Like, and why are you worrying me? And he's like, well, I just, I don't want to say it because I think you'll think it's offensive. So I assumed he was going to make like something really not tasteful about women or something, but he just wanted to rhyme the word queer with something. And now I can't even remember what the word was because I think it was like a really bad rhyme. Like he had to like force it to rhyme and like, it was a pride joke. And then he was like, I'm sorry, I know that's like offensive. And I was like, oh, no, that word's like back in fashion. (laughs) Like, it's not like, I guess, because the generational gap of like, he was taught that that's like a really bad word. Um, So I thought that was a funny anecdote. And now I wish I could remember what he's trying to rhyme it with. But it was like, we were we were on our boat. And I don't know, I can't think of what word that would be. I don't know why, but back in fashion got me. Oh, it's back in fashion. Happy Pride. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was funny that there's like this kind of generational gap in language where one might assume that a word is offensive mm-hmm. that a n- newer generation has adopted and re 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 what? <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, appropriated? Yeah. Probably. Reappropriated? Yeah.
1: Reclaimed?
0: Yeah. Yeah, listen, it's something like one of those. (laughs) I was not an English major, obviously.
1: So listeners, this is the beginning of our Pride Month episode. Uh, Our episodes, we're doing Pride-themed gay ladies, queer ladies. And speaking of, we're going to use the word queer. Uh, Not as a slur, because that's not really what it is anymore. It's sort of as a, a blanket term for people who are not cis and straight. Just, a, just a heads up. I know, like my mom also sometimes thinks it's a slur.
0: This modern world of science and invention is of particular interest to women.
1: and welcome to Lady History, the good, the bad, and the ugly ladies you miss in history class. Hey, Lexi, what's the straightest thing about you?
0: Oh, a good joke would be my hair, but it's not. So hold on, let me think of a better joke. (laughs) Uh, My makeup taste, the way I do my makeup, I think is... The Way I do my makeup, like if you just saw my makeup in my face, you'd be like, That's a conservative rural woman. Um, but uh,
1: throwback to our uh misconceptions about each other where I hate you were, I thought I was Amish.
0: Once you see the whole package, once you get the accessories, the nails, the clothes, possibly the hair, then you realize that that is not. That's not what I am. You realize that there's a lot more going on.
1: And Haley, what's the gayest thing about you? I hate you. Um. <laughs> so you don't have an answer.
2: What do you want me to say? Is I don't you're know. You're fishing for an answer.
1: The way you dress. The, the way you dress, dress. The way softball, I sit. Yeah, the volleyball, volleyball. The
0: general aura you give off. The way you talk <laughs> to women.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right you too. my love munches are just setting me up for all the extremes
1: and i'm alana and fruit loops are just gay cheerios it's okay cappy says says uh cappy says gay rights yes he does
0: talking about a group of women not a singular woman I believe the first time I did this was when I did the bra burning and Alana did it in our first episode so it's not an unheard of thing but I know it doesn't happen that often that we talk about like a concept rather than a person so just be forewarned or, this is not... or
1: groups of women
0: or groups of women right this, this you is talked n-
1: about sister's hood sister's hood so right. interesting one of my favorite stories
0: yes also happy pride month to sister's hood
1: Happy Pride Pride Month month,
0: to Sister's Hood. Is Pride Month different in South Africa? Because Pride Month is different in the UK. It's October in the UK. So maybe it's not Pride Month for Sister's Hood. But I don't know. If anyone is listening and knows when South Africa's Pride Month is, let us know. Let us know. Tell me in the DMs. Shoot us an email. Or give us an audio message. I've been waiting for one of those since day one. Tell us when Pride is in South Africa and I will put you on the podcast. So the first Congress to Unite Women was held in 1969 by the organization NOW and intentionally excluded lesbian activist organizations from its roster of sponsors and supporters. Then now co-founder Betty Friedan, called lesbian feminists the lavender menace in an article for the New York Times magazine that she wrote. Betty believed that lesbian activists in NOW who were vocal about their sexuality distracted from the goals of the organization and hindered the organization's message for women's rights. Then, NOW fired the woman who was the editor for their newsletter because she was an out lesbian, and they didn't like that many queer members have now left the organization at this point because they felt like they weren't being supported. Feeling that gay liberation front. Because remember, at the same time all this feminist stuff is happening, we've got all of this gay rights work also going on. So there's these two activisms that are intertwined. So feeling that gay liberation front. An organization many lesbian activists supported was too focused on the rights of gay men A group of women came together and decided to have their own community, separate of the Gay Liberation Front. They wrote a lesbian feminist manifesto called The Woman Identified Woman. I still don't quite understand what that meant. I guess they're saying women who like women, but I don't, I don't get it. If anyone any sounds like
1: some turf nonsense to me. It,
0: It does. And I don't know if that's me reading it from like a 2021 perspective of how we use language and maybe that didn't come off that way then, but if any queer historian, you know, someone who's a well-versed in the queer history could tell us exactly what they meant by that, I would appreciate it because every time I look into this document, I just find full copies of the document and I'll find interpretation. So also our history media needs to do better at interpreting queer history. Thank you very much. What if I was like an 11th grader doing a school project? How would I interpret this? So now hosted the second Congress to Unite Women. Remember, they had the first one. And that was in 1970. And the majority of the attendees and speakers were white upper-class women. You know, that classic feminism (laughs) that was fake shock and awe. Out lesbians were intentionally uh, excluded, with none being selected as speakers on the event's official schedule. During the event, lesbian activists entered Manhattan's Intermediate School 70 wearing purple t-shirts with the text Lavender Menace printed on them. Very, very cool. Very, very fun. They handed out copies of their manifesto, which called for lesbians to be included as thought leaders in the feminist movement. The Congress's focus shifted and opened dialogues about the needs of queer women and women of color. So they basically took this convention or congress that was happening with all these talks scheduled and stuff and they were like shut that shit down (laughs) and then women of color and queer women were like listen to us and they had these open conversations that's kind of beautiful eventually the organization radical lesbians like radical esbians they share the l rad i think it's radical lesbians and it centralized the efforts of the lesbian activists who work to make now more inclusive however Radical Lesbians was criticized for also being exclusive. This organization believed bisexuality hurt the cause of gay liberation. And let me just tell you, the fuck? The group's most radical members also did not support gay men. I just, I have so many questions. It smells sketchy. Like, do you just want only lesbians left in the world? Are you chill with straight men? What's the situation? What, where is your homophobia drawing the line? Where is your sexism drawing the line? What is happening? What is happening? So anyway, many left the organization because it refused to support other queer identifying communities. And some lesbians were like, that's not chill. That's very not chill. And the organization was disbanded after just one year for doing the least. Uh, The Lavender Menace movement is, of course, not without its flaws, obviously. But I will say that it does deserve a little bit of credit because it opened the door for more inclusive feminist ideas. And now, which led to the modern inclusion of intersectional feminism in women's rights organizations and women's rights advocacy. So, yes, these women did suck a little bit. Not all of them not all of them but like some of them sucked a little bit but like overall at least the door was opened in now for more inclusion and for some intersectionality and um if your feminism isn't intersectional you're doing it fucking wrong thank you thank you for coming to my ted talk and if you're any kind of queer why are you not supporting other kind of queer that's stupid that's just stupid thank you for coming to that ted talk two ted talks in one minute thank you
2: This next story has a content warning for riots and police brutality. Storm de la Berrier.
0: Isn't it de la verre
2: Okay, so <laughs> literally next line is, also people refer to her as both Storm and Stormy. Stormay. And with the last name, heard many different YouTubes, and my YouTube playlist is very extensive this week, so check that out. Honestly, like at this point, I have a hard name to pronounce, so I feel it with all other people. It's frustrating when someone doesn't get their name right, but also we're just trying our hardest. Again, audio message us if you know the pronunciation or if you
1: have a same name or if you just want to say hi. That uh, pronunciations of things that uh, we have mispronounced would be chef's kiss A+, please give us those. Because then yeah. we can, like, play them. So what I've been doing, and Alana, because
2: they do the transcripts, may see that many times I have it in, like, the Haley phonetics. I use YouTube to see how other people pronounce it, and if I can get a YouTube of them pronouncing their own name. But also just Googling how to pronounce and copy and paste name. My YouTube history is full, full of how to pronounce back to our gal. She was suggested to me by someone that I can't remember. It might have been a friend, a human, a cat. So whomever you are, this are is you. Are you sure it you. wasn't me? could have been Lexi. I think it was. Okay, Lexi, this is for you. Thank you. So I really want to do uh, Stormy Justice, but I had eight pages of notes. Now I have like their usual one and a half. So hopefully I... These vignettes will be good enough. Starting out singing and on stage, Stormy fell in love with jazz at a young age and she started singing at clubs at age 15 in New Orleans after she toured Europe until landing in New York City. And from the mid 50s to the 60s, she was the MC of the Jewel Box Review, which has been quoted as the groundbreaking drag show check out content creator sensi's video and it's of course in the playlist this video was really helpful for this next whole chunk vignette and storm was only supposed to be there for a few months and i think it was six again a lot of this history has had like many different numbers and shapes to it but it ended up going on for 14 years. And I know it's 14 years. She toured the Black Theater Circuit as the MC and the the only drag king. I actually found a program from the review and sadly it's not dated, but the person who did upload it, and it is in the show notes, said or guessed it would be from the 60s. And Stormy had her own page with a blurb. So our next story is titled, Stonewall Riots and the First Punch, starting with that first punch, parentheses, presumably at the 1968 uprising at Stonewall Inn, a gay bar in Greenwich Village, NYC, uh, which started the riots. And now the Stonewall Inn is a national monument. Alana is going to talk more about that. Uh, A quote from uh, Lisa Cantrese, who's a close friend of Stormy, said, quote, nobody knows who threw the first punch, but it's rumored that she did. And she said she did. End quote. So back to that first punch, Stormy fought the police and she was hit on the head with a billy club and handcuffed and screamed, quote, why don't you do something? End quote. As her head was bleeding and she was being dragged into a police car. And this is when the scene exploded. And Alana, you can cut me off, but A lot. So a lot of the articles, Alana, actually, when I was we were talking about like what we're doing,
1: Alana said like, oh, did she throw the first brick? And well, what I said was, are you going to mention how she's the one who threw the first brick? Because sneak peek, I'm talking about Marsha P. Johnson, who did not throw the first
2: group of humans. We don't know who we're not. We're generalizing group of humans saying Marsha P. Johnson threw the first brick. We have a group of humans that say, it wasn't actually brick, it was a punch. These were riots and they were messy and you never know the exact person. And then you have another group of humans who say it was Stormy and it's mixed reviews on whether they quote say brick or punch. So I'm here with my knowledge of doing research for this pod and looking at quotes from Stormy herself, her friends, other people that were there, all say that stormy through the first punch. So that's that's what we're that's what we're going with. And that kind of closes out our stonewall uh, vignette into stormy still sparring and strolling and go take a look at the YouTube videos for one called queer teen history the story of stormy um, I think it was by the betches it's not, it's with a B, B-E, not a B-I. So, beaches. 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 Yeah. This was a great, great YouTube video. Highly recommend. Uh, she was a member of the Stonewall Veterans and vowed to help others stay safe. And Stormy worked as a bouncer, bodyguard, and volunteered as a street patroller. So, the street patrolling group she was a part of was called the Guardians of the Lesbians in the Village. Which... When Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I was like, hold up. Like, I could only think of the guardians of the lesbians in the village. And I hope now one of you listeners also gets those two mixed up because these were a really cool, like, group of people because they would just make sure people got home safely. They, they'd be walking out and about like you knew who they were. Everyone could see like, oh, yeah, that's Stormy. One of the places she bounced at was called the Cubby Hole in Henrietta Hudson, which is a five-minute walk from the Stonewall Inn. It's still, it's still around. It's a really cool uh, lesbian bar. Yeah, it's like six blocks. Knowing my maps and putting it in my notes, I kind of equate it for the D.C. people. You know how you had Nellie's and town? It's a little farther apart, but that whole, like, area... Whereas a lot of like gay bars and like fun clubs and then sparsed out with some uh, places to eat. That's kind of like the radius of the Cubbyhole and Stonewall Inn. So they were patrolling that area specifically. And lastly, I wanted to add another quote from her friend Lisa. Lisa was also quoting saying, she literally walked the streets of downtown Manhattan like a gay superhero. She's was not to be messed with by any stretch of the imagination. And I think that's fabulous.
1: So this story has a trigger warning for police violence, murder, violence against trans women and suicide. Um, we can't talk about pride without talking about Marsha P. Johnson and the mythos that is kind of around her. Uh, Marsha p johnson was born august 24th 1945 a virgo like the podcast uh in elizabeth new jersey i'm not gonna tell you her dead name uh but if you're so damn curious the vast majority if not all of my sources do have her dead name uh but she had it legally changed in 1966 so it's literally not her name the name Marsha johnson why do people suck though anyway literally why do people suck though (laughs) the name marsha p johnson started as a drag persona and this is what we mean when we say trans women especially black trans women literally invented drag as a way to be feminine do you hear me rupaul anyways she would get on the train in new jersey as a man and get off the train in greenwich village as quote black marsha who would later become Marsha P. Johnson, and when asked what the P stands for, she would always say, pay it no mind, which is just, it works on so many levels, and I love that. In 1966, the same year she changed her name, uh, she moved to Greenwich Village permanently, uh, where she was a sex worker, a drag queen, and like a pillar of the community, in a way. Um, everyone knew her, and everyone loved her, and she was known as the, quote, Saint of Christopher Street, which is where the Stonewall Inn is located. So let's talk about Stonewall. I have a very good video from the New York Times in Further Learning. I think Haley, you must've found it too.
2: I think we're looking at the same one and when you said you were gonna do Stonewall, I don't think I put in my sources.
1: Okay, well it's in Further Learning and it'll be on the- There you go. But this video is about who threw the first brick, was it a brick, was Stonewall even a riot? Honestly, no matter what though, ACAB, uh, especially in this story, please know. Marsha P. Johnson did not throw the first brick or stone or shot glass or whatever. Uh, She herself didn't even know how that started as a rumor because she didn't get to to the Stonewall Inn until like 2 a.m. that night and like the riot protest, whatever, was already going. Stonewall was a protest against police brutality as much as it was about gay rights. So remember that in your pride, no cops at pride, ACAB, defund the police, black people made pride happen whatever else like you, I can yell about. But just because Marsha P. Johnson was not the instigator uh, you think she is, doesn't mean she did not do so much activism for the queer community. She and Sylvia Rivera, another trans woman and rights activist, uh, founded the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries. Now that's called Street Transgender Action Revolutionaries, uh, which works with Transgender youth experiencing homelessness in New York City and is the first organization in the United States led by trans women of color uh, and they founded the first queer youth shelter in North America so that's all nice and now it's sad story time in the summer of 1992 Marsha went missing and on July 6 1992 Marcia's body was found floating in the Hudson River her death was ruled a suicide but that is extremely sus because it was still not a great time to be a trans woman i mean it's still not a great time to be black trans woman from the perspective of a hate crime so it's like oh yeah sure it's a suicide but everyone uh who like knew her was like she would never do this and i feel like you know everyone says that but they were like she would never do this because you never know what's going on inside someone's head but fairly recently and in further learning you can find a documentary that netflix did that was pretty good about the sort of death and reopening of the case of the death of of marsha p johnson just like because it was ruled a suicide and everyone is like that no it not a suicide i couldn't watch it but it's it's basically what happened was a, a trans activist got the case reopened and was like this was not a suicide it's now classified as a murder so it's still open but like like it hasn't been solved I don't think but it's not a suicide anymore so that's progress I think sorry to leave on a sad note but a couple years ago New York City announced that they were going to build a statue marsha p johnson bill de blasio said some stuff i know he's not super popular in new york city i literally am just thinking about the shake shack thing for the vaccine <laughs> same guy if you don't know what we're talking about just look up bill de blasio shake shack vaccine i'm sure it will come up so marsha was chosen because of like her intersectionality of being queer, of being a trans woman, of being a trans woman of color. Um, and so it was just like to to be the person who kind of exemplified all of the communities. Um, and you know what? We do love, we do love to see intersectionality. Like Lexi was saying, intersectionality or bust. That's what goes on the side of my like Oregon Trail cart you know, intersectionality or bust. That's a better note to leave on than the cold case. Anyways. You can find this podcast on Twitter,
0: TikTok, and Instagram at Lady History Pod. Our show notes and a transcript of this episode and our merch will be on ladyhistorypod.com. If you like the show, leave us a review or follow us on Patreon. And if you don't like the show, keep it to yourself.
1: Our logo is by Alexia Ibarra. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at LexiBDraws. Our theme music is by me, GarageBand, and Amelia Earhart. Haley is doing the editing again. You will not see us, and we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Lady History.
2: week on Lady History, we're doing the T and LGBTQ plus letters. <laughs> we're talking about trans women stories.
0: <laughs> I broke Haley. <laughs> Haley.exe has malfunctioned.